I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, we would like to acknowledge the Chumash, Keech, and Tongva people who are the traditional custodians of the land upon which we are potting today. And we would love to pay our respects to their elders, past and present. Salad or Dolly, through a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kind of gnarly. We're light as a feather, we're tougher than leather. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. What an aphrodisiac. What? <laughs> Watching you go through your set oh. pre-tour every day. What a joy. Watching me rehearse. Half the songs you're in. I know. The other half, I'm sure you can, you know, they're romantic songs. You can place yourself in them. And also, even though they're romantic about another woman or another time, it's still an aphrodisiac because yeah. it's, you know, that's, that's you know, the musicians get get the the lovers with the the loving songs <laughs> musicians get the lovers you know what is an aphrodisiac for me you back in full voice oh i'm so happy i mean i still hear a little croak I in know. there but <laughs> uh, sorry <laughs> but but i missed i missed you there for a week because people don't realize because i talk a lot and i talk a lot on the pod but there is a monologue in our household that you run <laughs> continually <laughs> Sorry, and it was we. It was absent for a few days there. You know, I've never done a vipassana. What is it called? Mm, yeah, is vipassana. that the yeah? It's pretty close. I've never. <laughs> is that what it's called? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I was on a silent retreat, which was it was fine. But yeah, yeah I I know it, it's good though because I get to kind of realize like maybe I don't need to run a monologue. I'm like Lisa from the Real Housewives of Utah. Oh, yeah, Lisa if, Tarlow. She's running a bit of a monologue. Is there. that her name, Lisa Tyler? That is. Tar- Tarlow. Tarlow. Yeah, she talks apparently like nonstop hip hop. Sometimes I'll get in the car and you'll give me this look. Sometimes it's verbal, sometimes it's nonverbal of like, I need to talk. Buckle yeah. up, buddy. And I get in, I strap in, and I let you go. And I. Now I'm consensual more because we had a big fight a couple months ago where. It was about t- taking over a space, like in the car, if you're with your oh, right. family. And if you're the driver, sometimes I would assume I can play the songs I want. And you know, when you play those songs that you want to sing along to, and maybe not everybody is up for your vibe that totally. you're going for. But now I I do the punishing overkill where, is it okay if I do this? Is it okay if I do that? Is it, are you sure? Yeah, it's can like I passive aggressive s- consent. <laughs> but, um, you know, I guess I didn't realize I was taking over. No, but you have amazing taste in music. And I always want to, there is just something about, it's interesting how the driver feels they have the right to control the costume. And in your yeah. family growing up, whoever was the driver didn't have to get out of the car when you got to the place. Straight up. If you were getting out, 
you weren't driving there. So like, say you're going on an errand with two people. If you're the driver, you, which makes sense, you're the one pulling over and the other person is running out. Yeah, basically. Whereas what you would like to do is you would sometimes drive somewhere yeah, and then get out and expect the person in the passenger seat to get into the driver's seat and circle <laughs> or something. It's not logical. Is it? And your family actually had good errand logic. Like your, your family famously plan all the errands starting furthest away from the house yeah. and edging Moving. their way closer to the house yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. Now, when did you first become aware of that tradition? I just took it on because my mom would say it and I would just, you know, my family just have, there's a lot of pride in driving. Driver's pride. Driver's pride. pride. Yes. But, you know, going back to the two-person errand thing, it's if you are, you pull over if, if, if say I'm in the driver's seat and I want to do the errand, mm. like I feel I need to do it or mm. I feel like doing it then, and you found a place to park, then just asking the passenger, can you just let me go out and oh, do Oh, that's the- fine. No, okay. if you find a place to park, it's sure. the pulling oh, up yeah, and double yeah. parking and yeah, getting well, out and expecting the other dangerous. person to get in the driver's yeah, seat. Yeah, that a- is... But um, but yeah, I mean, this is not a huge issue. Is, we, no. we generally figure this out. But listen, you're about to do a tour, and it's going to be a gift. Yeah, we're gonna have a few to weeks. The people, apart. To and there's the a people. lot going on because it's like I'm doing this tour. It's a great. We announced tour. DJ Dadbod as the opening act, so I'm doing double duty. I'm going to be uh, DJing and then playing my you know songs. I, I mean, what I'm just trying to tell people in Australia, people of Australia. You're in for a treat. Oh, I mean, it's so good. Yeah, I've been your working tour. hard on my live shows, and yeah, yeah it's really good. It's, it's so nice your your show. How about the live show we had here the other night? Yeah, we this was a house concert. Our second house concert. Well, more than that. Well, we had Amal and the Sniffers, oh, then yeah. Nina Jirachi, Joanna Sternberg. The Christmas Impromptu Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, but we've we've had it. But yeah, but the yeah. the ones that were like planned. Yeah, Joanna. Yeah, yes. Joanna Sternberg and this. Yeah, that's right. They were the planned ones. Sorry. But, um, um, yes. And and this was Jenna Malone and The Shoe. And now this is kind of an LA phenomena. So people who are outside of LA may not know about Jenna Malone, the actress, who people know from Donnie Darko, Hunger Games. Pride uh, and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice. I mean, she's been in great films for ages. She has like an improvised half improvised sort of joyous duo with our friend Lim J. Yeah. Who's an extraordinary um, piano keyboard player. And he, uh, speaking of Zoe Deschanel, he teamed up with her at one point. No, right? no, no. He worked with Sam. Sam Shelton. and then someone else. Well, I maybe, maybe Lem J played on the stuff that Sam. No, he worked with Becky Starr. Yeah, I just, um, when I think of Lem J, I think of Yee. like him there's a lot of with dynamic women, but he and Jenna have the most. Talk longest... about cute indie girls. Lem J is the magnet. Oh yeah. man, <laughs> but um, they he and Jenna are like besties. So and they've had this band for like 15 years. We saw them ages ago, and it's quite. I didn't know what to expect, and literally, it's kind of like when people do improv and they shout out a subject, and then people improvise about it. And she does song improvisations and they are, it's fantastic. Like, yeah. you know, when something's good, this is good. <laughs> yeah, it was great. When they were sound checking, uh, I think you were writing in the room. I was sitting on the couch listening to them sound check in the afternoon in our living room. And I was like, I kind of want to lie down on this couch. And I thought, 
I love lying down and listening to music. You don't often get to do it with live musicians. You right. get to listen on AirPods. Sure. Or you're, and so I was like, I'm just going to lie down on my couch and be in this little... And I had a transcendent experience. Um, yeah, but anyway, the show was just how gorgeous. She's in t- uh, Jenna and, and Lemjay, because he's improvising yeah, on the piano... The their their intuition skills and reading the vibes in the room and because the show was so incredible there was there was like a a perfect time just when you thought I could take a break and go and get another drink she said hey everybody why don't we take a break why don't we have an and, intermission and everybody get one drink and come back and just when I was sort of thinking oh, I'm in the mood again she started playing again like she just knows she just really can ride that. That that atoms in the room, the waves of the the molecules of the room. <laughs> I was thinking it was almost like a storytelling skill. Like she was telling not a literal story, but every performance is a story. Yeah. It sort of has a beginning, middle, and an end. And I felt like she her ability to tell a story over the course of the evening was amazing. And I know. the way she moved through the space, like she started outside because yeah. everyone was mingles outside at our parties around the pool. And she like came out there and started singing into a portable microphone. And then like the Pied Piper led everyone indoors. But she hasn't, they haven't done any gigs pretty much since her kid, her son was born. So this was their first show back in like whatever it is, six, seven years or something. Yeah. So. She had one of my favorite. Raya, she did a fun improv about Raya. People were calling out different funny things. And it's funny, and then it'll get kind of like really all of a sudden deep and poignant. And, you know, it was a great mix. Yeah, it was really, really good. I was so happy. Like every, it's funny with hosting these little shows because it's kind of very specific in a way that I haven't been able to articulate, like what is the vibe of the kind of music we've been hosting, but it's all got to have a sort of DIY quality to it. Yeah, I think that makes it actually thrive in a house as opposed to feeling like disem- dis- displaced or disembodied or like, oh, that's weird to hear this in a house. It's like things that have a bit of a low finest to them work really well for yeah. a house concert. Um, so we absolutely loved it. And we've um, we had a bunch of great photos. We're posting some today up on Instagram. People can check out. And it was just like an awesome, awesome vibe. It was more of like uh, Jenna and Lemjay's friends too. So it was like oh, yeah. a little different to our, a lot of our yes, parties where it was, it was a bit of a different crowd. But um, yeah. But yeah, really, really, really good. So thank you, The Shoe, everybody. They made one album that's like proper songs too. It's not all improvised. And the album's beautiful. Jenna left a vinyl copy here and yeah, loved it. And we had a, a dinner at my friend Daphne's with um, next night. Ezra, uh, Ezra and Pally. Javich and Pally fresh from his box seat at, you know, these these famous photos that were going around of Timothée Chalamet and Kylie Jenner. And, and, and Eben, Eben and who's Molly Ringwald's cousin. And Molly Ringwald. And there's Pally's head at the bottom left-hand corner. Yeah. I mean, we all felt particularly touched by greatness. Through I that forgot paparazzi how he show. got in that box, but he did, and he was welcomed, and he had the best time. Yeah, he really he had a different aura coming back. I think I think when you've had U.S. Open seats that are that good, it was almost like a return to this civilian life. I think was a bit of a crash. oh yeah. I mean, it's hard enough when you separate when you have kids with someone, and then you have to come back into parenting. Let alone if you're in the box at the U.S. Open, but. 
you know, he came back in and cooked us some food. It's like he came from first class back to coach. (laughs) And he sort of visited us, but you knew he'd seen the other side. I know. That happens. But we had very funny, lively conversations. and Talked through all the topics of the day. Ezra Woods, uh, people, he's quite, he's really good on Instagram. So a lot of people know him through that. He Mm -hmm. does jewelry design and flowers. I feel like I got closer to him. Mm. At that dinner. I mean, I've known him for ages, but like... Yeah, I've known him for ages. I first met him through, before I knew Daphne, through Amy Osborne. Oh. They used to hang out and we would um and uh, go to Barmamont and clubs together and everything. Hey, Ezra liked your ring, which I thought was very... Coming from Ezra. Quite the compliment, wasn't it? But you got a little stressed out because the conversation shifted <laughs> to psychotic breaks and do we have a plan in place for our loved ones or our friends to help us if we have a psychotic break? And the conversation was flowing a little bit. And then you at one point went, I hate this conversation. <laughs> it was very effective, though, because we all have plans for psychic breaks, if, if, if God forbid. But, do, we, um, do you have a plan? What's your well, plan? Well, I don't know. Daphne was like, you have to get you know some uh, lawyer in place or something or other. It was a jolly, jolly. I think if you have a psychotic break, you need someone else to be getting a lawyer. I'd rather place. talk politics. But this. it was funny. You got challenged twice. And then last night we were at Jenny Connors and her friend had just returned from Morocco and yeah. was there through the that earthquake, also was which help- is another. That helped me, actually, because hearing someone go, because I have a earthquake phobia. Yeah. But so hearing about some, I was avoiding all news on the Morocco front because I'm so triggered and I will go into, you know. And this stems back to the, what, 85 earthquake? No, the 90s one. 90s one. Yeah. That one freaked me out. But Were were you here? You were in the house? I was in, I was uh, next, I was around the corner, but this house was just being built. Mm. And my um, friend Court was in this house staying, and he said, I just hung on to that bed. It was in this room, and he was just riding it like a bronco. How long do you think it went for? It didn't go that long, whereas another friend had just been in a Mexico earthquake right before the one in the 90s here, and he said that one was like, he said like eight minutes, which I don't think is true. That sounds crazy. It sounds like buildings would be tumbling down. But did they you, were. did you, it was the aftershocks or it was the actual quake that freaked the you out quake, the quake, and then the aftershocks did not do me <laughs> any, do any favors. <laughs> but um, yeah, but that, um, yeah, broke me wide open. But I was primed to have a moment with that. I was, a, I was, you know, about to get divorced. No, something, something was going on personally. I think things are, you know, about to, you know, it was under the, it was bubbling. Under Your the own sword. personal earthquake was occurring. Yes. And so it was, yeah, it came embodied externally. So yeah. read all about it. But in I my do memoir. feel like you, you know, you've been having this mantra lately of, I want to toughen up. I'm yeah. going to be tough. I'm oh, going to be yeah. a tough chick. Yeah. And I think you are calling in I am. these experiences and you're, well, no, not, well. I'm not going to call in. No, no, I mean, you're handling, well, the conversation. You're calling in oh, yeah, yeah. exposure to ideas that might trigger you. Yes. And you're weathering them. Yes. And I'm going to be, because I need no more empathy, no more sensitivity. Like I was just, you know, like born with so much sensitivity and, you know, tenderness and sweetness. I, I need more of that toughness. And I have it, the toughness, you know. Yeah, I'm a, t- yeah, I'm a tough cookie. You're and connecting I, with that boss bitch. Yeah, the, yeah, like when, you know, I that time when that billboard flew into our putt-putt in India and I was laughing, like that side that's like can see clearly. Um. So yeah, I uh, that's what I'm going for. I'm still going for that. I like it. I like, I feel like you are... Uh, 
entering this new era of being like a also like a wise elder who's made it through some of these struggles and now you know life never ends the challenges don't i mean the challenges don't end while we're alive so the duty now is to like support others through their yeah. challenges yeah there's so many so much to say about it but it's great i just want to keep setting up my mentality because i'm not you know, I, I live as if I've got five years left because I'm just like the weirdo who thinks I'm like an old lady already, but I'm not. So I'm just setting up because I want to have a great mentality from here on. Positive here energy. on, positive energy. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, beautiful babies. I'm Ben Lee. And I'm Ioni Sky, And we are the hosts of Weirder Together podcast. If you enjoy our podcast, you might like some of the podcasts that our friends make and release on the Weirder Together podcast network. Like punk legend Jello Biafra's Renegade Roundtable. Multidisciplinary artist Brock Enright's trippy sonic journey, Vague Data. Making Ways, the art of music, an exploration of the ways that musicians and visual artists communicate and collaborate. Raw Impressions with Lou Barlow and Adele Barlow. I love that, one of my favorite married couples. And The Blag Show with Sarah and Sally, a collection of never-before-heard vintage interviews with legendary artists. And The Future of Being a Musician with Ben Lee. Find these pods on your favorite podcast platform now. Love ya. I was once at Jan Wenner's house in with Sam Ronson. Oh, very she topical. Was, I very know. Topical. She she was friendly with, and and I think um, who's uh, uh, Penny Marshall was there. It was my first introduction to, and it was like the. Uh, not Biggie. Who was it having all Puffy. the Puffy? Puffy. It was the Puff Daddy '90s East Hampton white parties. Yeah, the, and yeah. and he had this. I think he had just come out of the closet or something. Puffy. Right? No, Yawn. Oh, Yawn. Yeah. And um, but uh, he had this beautiful modern house in East Hampton. Maybe he still does. What a horrendous thing he said. Yeah. So for people who don't know why we're talking about Jan Wenner, he's the editor of Rolling Stone, and he's just published a book, I guess, called Masters. And someone in an interview just lightly pointed out that they were all interviews with white males and asked why. And he said, well, he wasn't able to find female artists or artists of color that were intellectually or philosophically articulate enough to meet the standard of mastery that he, and it was, I mean, God, it's, it's funny because the interviewer then said to him, I'll give you a chance to rephrase that. And whatever he said, he dug himself even but deeper. But you thought maybe, not that this is an excuse, but maybe he has dementia. No, I didn't say that. Somebody said maybe Jan Winner has dementia, which doesn't excuse it, but it's like so... Why do people think he has dementia? That seems it's like an such excuse. an insane thing to say. <laughs> but of course, that is also terrible because it's just also saying it's already in your mind even if you have dementia or not anyway it's just beyond offensive and wrong obviously so wrong and offensive and dinosaur it's just like a dinosaur yeah i mean because like also if you think about there's even like you don't have to dig that deeply 
to find incredibly articulate people like Questlove or something, who's like to me like one of the most philosophically articulate I artists mean, that's ever been in the music industry. And Nina, Nina Simone or whoever, like women, and 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 it's just. Uh, and also that like music, it's I like, like what yeah, Thurston yeah. Moore said about it because it's also, I mean, sure, if you're talking about people who can, uh, I'm not one of those people that can have a, I mean, maybe I'm putting myself down, but have an articulate conversation. But so there's that, sure, I if think you're you like. Can have a very articulate conversation. But Jan Wenner might not be satisfied by it because he's looking for a very homogenized patriarchal method of dialogue. So if you're spe- talking about musicians who happen to know how to speak in the way that Jan Winner likes, <laughs> but then there's also just the idea of a musician. It's sort of, well, Thurston Moore was saying- Yeah, I've got Th- Thurston's quote here. Thurston said, what Jan himself is intellectually misreading is that rock and roll in every aspect is preternaturally its own spiritual intelligence intelligence and resists and wholly transcends such clueless claims of authorship. And I thought that was amazing because it's it's true that like to say that the type of intelligence that exists in a rock and roll artist has to be defined through the ability to explain it in like a scholarly academic European way is like totally missing what makes rock and roll yeah. amazing anyway. And by the way, of course, black and female musicians could explain, yeah, yeah, exactly, you know, but exactly. that is also... The other the other thing I found that I thought was cool was um, Ellen Willis, who is a pioneering feminist and the first rock critic at The New Yorker, apparently wrote to Ralph Gleason in 1970 saying she refused to write for Rolling Stone because it was viciously anti-woman. And this is her quote. Rolling Stone habitually refers to women as chicks and treats us as chicks, i.e. interchangeable cute fucking machines. Uh, She also added that Jan Wenner's bias against revolutionary politics led to the oppression of females. And she goes on to say, to me, when a bunch of snotty upper middle class white males start telling me that politics isn't where it's at, that's simply an attempt to defend their privileges. What they want is more bread and circuses. I like to have fun too. But what I really want is an end of my oppression. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. So total, I mean, total Obama. And also like he's at a time of his career where he should just be like gracefully sailing off into the distance from like another era of legacy media and music. And it's, you know, it's such a, and just the, the need to sort of like be a gatekeeper now, it, it just feels so ridiculous. This leads me to our good buddy, Georgia Mack, who just forever left her imprint on the Australian music industry by giving the keynote address at Big Sound, which is like our South by Southwest CMJ type thing. And she gave an incredible speech, which I'll link to in the show notes, called What I've Learned in the Music Industry. And uh, I don't know if Jan Wenner would have appreciated it or not, but she, she called out a lot of the hypocrisy and bullshit that you have to deal with, particularly as a young woman yeah. in the music. Yeah, place. the only good thing about the Jan Wenner thing is it highlights, uh, you know, not only lumping in like I don't know, just the the female thing is is just so. It, it, the older I get, the more and more I see the struggle for women. It's funny I was sort of clueless for a long time. It's funny how it feels like we're moving forward as a society, but we're also getting these blind spots highlighted constantly yeah. like i don't know how are you with this 
all this stuff that came out. Yeah, I guess I am surprised that someone would be a rapist. And I still, I just feel like that's just insane. And I mean, so sick. Rape. Yeah. Yeah. Hot take, hot take, but Weirder Together comes out against rape. (laughs) No, I'm just saying like if you, the way the world is, if whatever kink you have, you can do it consensually with two people who are on the level. Or more, yeah. Or more. But I'm just saying there's obviously something very wrong when you want to make a woman cry while you're having sex with them. It's just insane. Yeah. It's just something very wrong. No, it's way more about power than about anything else. So... That's bad. Yeah. Probably because I've always I've always loved female artists. Yeah. Um, so I person and this is probably the totally wrong tag, but I just feel like as a fan of music, I want women to feel safe being in bands and in clubs and singing and in the scene. Like the idea that there are sort of these open secrets in whether it's the music community or the comedy community and that it's making women feel unsafe going to clubs or getting up on stages or like, it just, it sucks. Yeah, I know. I mean, there's turning a blind eye when people are just kind of creepy and lecherous or you know that they're kind of, you know, whatever. But then, these, but yeah, then again, the the rape thing is a whole yeah, other- and even creepy. I mean, I, I, I'll- I'll give a pass to people for being a little creepy every now and then because I do think there's a human thing that, like, humans can be creepy sometimes, you know, but that's different to be, you know, being totally violent or something. Um, With that in mind, uh, we we should have Georgia Mack in here to announce her candidacy for Prime Minister of Australia, which is, I think, uh, what's needed. So um, how are you feeling about me going away on tour and you're going to miss me, baby? I mean, I'm going to miss you (laughs) so much, but I'm it's always a good way I bond, you know, with my kid and, um, and, you know, I think I'm excited for you to be on tour because you, it's such a nice tour and people are going to love it. And of course you got to bring home the bacon. Yeah. I got to, got to keep that. Um, but you you want, you want those occasional air one juices. Someone's got to, someone's got to go to work (laughs) I know (laughs) during this uh, strike. Honey mama, (laughs) honey mama chocolate, whatever it's called. Um, yeah, I, I really think it's going to be great. And that's a good opportunity for me to like reach out and see people because I'm such an isolator and I like, I mean, I, you and I go out together, but it's nice. And for, yeah, for me to bond with the kids and be a grown up. It'll also be fun for us to do some pods remotely um, and catch each other up. Yeah. On stuff. You know what I mean? Because it's normally like we often find ourselves talking on the podcast about things we're also talking about off mic. Uh, whereas this, we can be, you know, f- with fresh ears. And I'm excited because I think hopefully Goldie's old enough to, like, she's matured. It's not like having a toddler and all sure, of a sudden yeah. single parenting. And I used to just torture you. And with the time difference, I'd be like, when can I call Ben and just be like, how can you leave me alone? I can't do this on my own and torture you. But <laughs> you now I think. I think everyone's... We're becoming grown-ups. We're co-CEOs. We're, uh, you know, uh, passing through the... Our kids are maturing. It's all good. It's all good. All right. Well, let's leave the audience with a song by The Shoe. Oh, yeah. Jenna Malone and The Shoe. This song is okay. I'm okay. And uh, this Friday, we have Emma Forrest, who is a great writer and who's just written a book called Busy Being Free. And we had a great chat and that'll be up on really, Friday. Really, really good. And uh, next week we have Lauren Lapkus and Mike Castle and we'll have some remote chats and it's going to yeah, be all good. You always got just the two of us too. Oh, yeah. All right. This is Jenna Malone in the shoe with I'm Okay and 
beautiful babies. We love you. Well, I didn't even cry that day. Yeah, I just walked out straight and I said, well, okay. I got a big old story in me and it's more just a bunch of shit that you had to say. I was hoping just to get in my car and get on the freeway. But my Google Maps was telling me it was red and not okay. So I just sat in my car and let it all out. And I pretended to text you what I wanted to say. But I thought I'd write this song instead, cause it's cooler. Calling you and texting you like I was a high schooler But I guess it's not cool anyway To lose your love, to go astray well, I guess it's not cool to go away I guess it's pretty bad to not be okay So I got my car and I got it started and I just said, well, what about that? So I ain't gonna follow no Google Maps I'm just gonna try to find the street that I lived on Try to find where I lived I don't care about no helicopters what you're gonna think about this Me pulling away Me slamming my door And me living in my car For like 20 minutes Before I even left your house that day I don't care what you're gonna say What kind of story you're gonna make I just know that I'm gonna be okay With all of it I just said that I don't even care if I'm gonna be Okay with the story that you tried to make out of me And I don't care if you had a lot to say Are you just a picture that makes me wanna look away? I'm just here trying to be my own queen Guess the king thing didn't work out for me So I'm putting the crown away I don't give a shit what you had to say I'm okay I'm okay I'm okay
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.